On today's show, Captain Marvel's Droll Trolls, Tom Taylor's new comic has us deceased, the boys review Doom Patrol's premiere along with the latest in Gifted a Deadly Class, and our comics for the week including Uncanny, Nightcrawler, Guardians, and Spider-Man and Venom. This is Homo Superior! Wow, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay! It's Homo Superior! Issue 79! Did someone just knock at the door? No, my hallway has like a vacuum problem. A ghost, a ghost. That's why like when one of the windows is open, when I slammed and it? The, the door just automatically slams. I was furious. Uh, well, all right, well, let, yeah. back to our scheduled program. Behind the scenes in our studio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so let's talk about Captain Marvel. It's coming out in a few weeks. Uh, reviews have been, uh, early reviews have been very positive. People well, seem yeah. very, very excited. But on Rotten Tomatoes, even before the movie was reviewed, there were a group of, I don't know, released. Released. I don't think it's released, a yes. But, but re- released and reviewed. Yeah. Uh, it was a bunch of toxic fans and or uh, Russian bots. That's either DC fans, misogynists, or I was, well, was going to say, that's what I mean by group. You don't think it's some like, no. fucking bullshit subreddit or probably the, in- the incels yeah. is, is part of it as incels, well. Incels, I'm sure like, Comicsgate is part of it. Maybe Gamergate is part of it. Mostly it and started DC from... comics people. Sure, not all DC comics people. I'm not saying all... Hey, hey, hey. Oh, he's not saying you all. Think not all white people. Yeah. Oh, oh God. God. God, Clark. He, he makes a good point. No. So it, it happened after uh, <laughs> Brie Larson uh, said that, you know, when she saw a bunch of journalists covering the Captain Marvel premiere or the upcoming interviews, premiere, yeah. the interviews and everything, um, that there wasn't enough diversity. She didn't see enough women, enough people That's of great. color. And so, as a result, you know, you had these, like, toxic fanboys, many of whom are young white men, uh, saying, oh, why is Brie Larson racist and, mis- and sexist? <laughs> it's like, okay, it's not what she's doing. She's looking to add to diversity, and good for oh her. We God. love Brie Larson. Yeah. But what I'm excited about is the movie sounds amazing. It sounds like they're really leaning into the 90s stuff. I just saw a trailer today that had Republicas ready to go, mm. which is a deep cut of a 90s hit. I fucking loved that song back in the day. And her voice finally sounds normal on the trailer, so I'm so... No, no. <laughs> you still don't oh, it doesn't sound shrill to you? This one right here, wherever this goes, oh, yeah. normal, so normal Brie Virus. Like, I know how she, she can act, and so I'm like, I, I felt like they recorded her fucking lines from the trailers in like a weird phone booth. And now it's back on track. So I'm super excited. I'm really happy that the uh, response has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. So, oh, I was going to add that uh, a lot of people are saying that the trailer is very misleading and that it shows you, it intentionally shows is kind you. of like a lame yeah. trailer and that it's a lot better and a lot weirder than well, the didn't trailer people, suggests. People say that Goose is going to be like a it's really steal the show. Yeah, steal yeah. The show kind of character. <laughs> but, look, cat. but look, one you could have one good scene with a character and then you're like, everyone's obsessed with that guy. Yeah, it's still, oh, yeah, it's it's the still weird. And then in Gremlin. Captain Marvel 2, the cat's in every scene. Yeah. It's just about the cat. cat. The Captain Marvel Goose. is, is, yeah. is the, uh, is Goose the and Marvel. She loses <laughs> her powers and Goose becomes... I've also heard that the, uh, the villain is supposed to be really good. Talos, mm. the Skrull. Which makes me believe that Marvel has finally figured out their villain problem. Because mm-hmm. for a long time in phases one and two, even a little bit in three, they had weak villains. Yeah, like Thanos, Loki, Killmonger. And Loki. Yeah. And that's really kind of it. You know, so like uh, adding to that. Uh, sort oh, of and rogues- Vulture. Oh, and Vulture. Yeah, yeah that's a They've very like good point. They've slowly been building. Because even Ghost, I mean, as misguided as the whole character was, I thought it at She's least okay. was like an interesting storyline. Yeah. Even though like 
yeah. kind of fell apart towards the end in terms of what she was looking for. It was pretty weak. So yeah. I have a question for you guys. Uh, going back to the point of like toxic fans, is there like a solution in dealing with this stuff? Yeah, no. you award both people the win for RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. <laughs> no, there's nothing. Uh, there's I think no. that one thing that can be done is to not allow any reviews to be posted until the actual day of the release. That's very so true. that no you one would can... never do that. Well, okay. Well, the only movies that, that do that are solution. movies that are absolutely but, bad. But just, to be, put but just to be sure, that's you're talking about like user reviews, critics. not critic reviews. Oh, I'm saying like Rotten Tomatoes doesn't allow people to select their votes right until the day. Because they can, they can write, they can still write whatever they want, whatever articles they want, right? But that that the actual website just has like a electronic timestamp for when you can start well so wait, 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 wait. are these like top critics reviews? or are these or are these douchebags it's, dude, it's user reviews because that's yeah, what yeah. that's, us. that's what's okay that's fine i agree because yeah. i used to re- like what is it like i remember on like gamestop or like anywhere you could do re- game like game reviews the same thing would happen it's like before games even came out people would be like flooding with like one star or five it's either the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing in the world it's like the fuck is wrong with you 12 year old and probably actually 32 year old at this yeah. point <laughs> Yeah, or like I mean, the whole Rotten Tomato system is is very flawed to begin with. We've talked about that before, but you know, allowing people to like even give like that kind of numerical rating uh, to like change the I don't know, but it's like okay, are we gonna fault Rotten Tomatoes for it? No, I think it's just like it's been around enough that we figured out how to weaponize it, mm-hmm. and like. Like maybe, there's, maybe there's some better or social media. Maybe well, there's some better algorithm, but I don't. I feel like Rotten Tomatoes is good for what it is, but it can be abused. Well, it's super interesting because I and I know we're getting slightly off topic, but I wonder. I don't actually know how movie reviews work from a actual output perspective for people in the industry because, like, gaming. What's really interesting is that Metacritic, which is a really big like yeah, yeah, review right. aggregator for games. There's like specific bonuses for developers' budgets to like. If you get this score on Metacritic, so I don't, I like have a, I feel like on Rotten Tomatoes, it's not nearly as connected to that, which is even like trashier in my. For opinion. Rotten Tomatoes, it's the certified fresh is like if you get that stamp, yeah, you're good, yeah. Metacritic is weird. Like literally, if someone gets like a fifty-five or something, it's an excellent rating, but then like forty-eight is. It's not as great. It's like a participation It's like, it's like everything well, is way too close. Well, and it's because the scores yeah. are based, like the actual review, Metacritic score is based on the actual review, yeah. not like the how many people said it was mm. over this percentage, no, which is what typically that. happens. It's, just, it's very strange. It's like pass fail. Yeah. Yeah, it really, Metacritic is. Yeah, yeah Metacritic yeah. is, yeah. Uh, so staying with Marvel, uh, the Loki show, uh, it's going to be on the Disney+. Loki Plus. Loki. If they, they had a talk show with Loki. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. I think it would be a really good be, talk like, show. Like the Brady Bunch. Like, the, whole, <laughs> the Loki whole show. Yeah. Well, he they, just turns everyone into a frog. <laughs> Loki would not only be an unreliable narrator, he'd be an unreliable interviewer. Yeah. I think it would be great. But his show is actually going to be on Disney+. Plus, and there's a showrunner. His name is Michael Waldron from Rick and Morty, yeah. which is mm-hmm. really great. And there, there is a little bit of a synopsis of what the show's about. It's going to be Loki uh, through affecting uh, major historical events. Sliders. Yeah. Sliders. <laughs> right. Forrest Gump. A yeah. Little bit. Um, but, younger Loki. Uh, yes. may, yeah, I think that's well, He's not right. going to be... He might do narration. He's not going to be in it, is he? He's, he's going to be Scott Bakula. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> no. 
or uh, who's the guy in Sliders? Uh, oh, Jerry, Jerry O'Connor. O'Connor. Jerry O'Connor. That's right. No, he's Connell. supposed to be in it, right? Because that's the whole idea that they're spending a shitload of money on. Yeah. So yeah, it will well, be. Good, right? do it. Yeah. So he won't tell. So um, does this mean? Do you think that this will be a flashback only show, or will they show that like he actually survived uh, being killed by Thanos? Uh, I don't know, but I always dislike in TV shows when there's some construction within the TV show and then they go back in time and explain how their construction Here's has explained historical events like Hitler was always part of this yeah. secret organization yeah. that we made up. I'm like, fuck you. Like, come on. Don't try and retroactively explain history. Hydra? It, well, it, 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 Like, oh, Loki sank the Titanic. Like, ah, come on. Don't. My favorite is the idea that like all of those kind of time traveling shows would happen in the same uh, continuity. So... When you have, like, the Titanic, it's, like, the Legends of Tomorrow, Sliders, Loki. Like, everyone's actually there. Scott Bakula's also teleported into yeah. a body. And it's, like, everyone's on this ship doing something that created the Titanic. Yeah. Right. It'd be funny if they were all, like, working against each other and then they, everything just sort of stays status quo <laughs> yeah. because they're working. I need someone to, like, re-edit all those shows together such that it always Lo- looks Loki like... Loki has stuff. to be there to invent the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, what historical events would you like to see Loki influence? I want him to be like in like something weird and esoteric, and like not not something that's like like a historical event that I don't know about. Yeah. So that I don't have to kind of have Clark type continuity issues. I wrote, a, I wrote a, does. a short play for a playwriting class about the um, the tennis player Bjorn Borg yeah. getting into a uh, into a, a boating accident and breaking his leg or something. And so that actually happened. And I really wanted it to be something incredibly stupid like that. It is so bizarrely esoteric that, that it's unnecessary in general. Well, I want Loki to be kind of go back to his like mythological roots and playing the, sort of the trickster god. And almost like the serpent in like the Garden of Eden or like uh, Worm Tongue in the Lord of the Rings movie. Where he's sort of just like telling people like to do certain things. So one, what I would like to see, Brent's not going to like this, but is telling uh, that young assassin to, like, assassinate Fr- uh, Franz Ferdinand uh, and, like, setting off the events of World War One, not realizing what he's done. That's not esoteric enough. It's not esoteric, but that's what I want to see. That sounds uh, good, though. I, okay, sorry. I want Loki putting into action um, Dwight D. Eisenhower catching an ammonia and then dying. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, I think it's, like, the only esoteric event that I remember Harrison, from my childhood. Was after a month in office? Yeah, yeah, after he left. Yeah, office. I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died. Like, I want, like I want, his life is yes. like he's just yeah. like somehow Loki caused the rain that caused the pneumonia that then killed him. It's like the butterfly yeah. effect. Yeah. He probably didn't die from that pneumonia. Well, that's fine. He probably would have gotten better in that time, and so it was probably another sickness that came along. That's all right. Yeah, he got well, it. Well, he was, Eisenhower killed him. You heard it here first. So uh, also, doesn't that like what? rob? Doesn't like Loki whispering to people kind of rob them of their agency a little bit? Hundred percent. Like, uh, it's just like that's their choice. Yeah. Like the teenager who shot Ferdinand, he was like a long line in a series of people who failed to shoot Archduke Ferdinand. I would actually rather see him do something else, like try to do or stop something else that then causes that. So or like all of the lost, actions he did oh, led up to this one guy getting really pissed off and shooting. He's Fred's trying person. to prevent the Hindenburg by. <laughs> 
developing heavier than air travel. <laughs> or uh, he makes sure that John Wilkes Booth has a bad review when he like has right. to play, oh, and yeah. so as a result has to go kill Lincoln. Right. I like that idea. It's like yeah. give the key to you to give them the agency, but Loki still causes them to realize <laughs> or, that they hate their lives. Or that it's completely it's like historic adjacent. So like he wrote the play that Lincoln was watching <laughs> when yeah. he was shot. So uh, Disney Plus also is going to have a ton of Star Wars spinoffs that we talked about. One's The Mandalorian, one's the show about uh, what's-his-face from Rogue One, um, who's the Mexican actor that I, whose name I can't remember. Oh. Diego Luna. Diego yes. Luna, thank you. Um, is Disney and Lucasfilm, are they stretching themselves way too thin again? I mean, like, have they learned their lessons from Solo or not? I think they're realizing that by doing, because it's like their spinoffs potentially could be Kira and Lando from Solo. I think, like, they're backing away from movies because of how expensive it is, whereas, like, Dis- like Disney Plus is, like, a constantly bingeable, rotating service. So I would actually rather see them go more into television because it would be smaller budgets, smaller scale, smaller story. Yeah. Then like, but maybe not. Maybe it would still be gigantic, and they won't have enough money to produce. Well, they're it, still, but they're still, still supposed to do other trilogies from uh, Ryan uh, Johnson yes. as well as the guys behind Game of Thrones. Um, they're gonna have da- their own set of trilogies. Yeah, we've yes. talked about both. David fifteen Benioff. fucking movies. David Benioff and um, I can't remember who the partner's name. Oh is. yeah, DB Weiss. DB yes. Weiss. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's so about yeah, a uh, alternate universe where slavery has won. And yes. So no, we remember. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they'll have Amelia Clark in there for some yeah. reason. Um, but it just seems again like it's kind of taking away what makes Star Wars special. And Solo was the first time I felt. But I thought, like, the world... So, my guess is that rather than writing books and doing comics, they're like, what's actually going to make us money? Yeah. And so they're building the larger world by way of their TV shows. But it's... that With the books and comics, there was diminishing returns. You know, like, they got less less and less special. I mean, there were people who, like, bought every book, bought every comic. I mean, you see Marvel television. It's, to your point, like, they've literally spread themselves way too thin where only one of their shows is actually Yeah, but they're, like, now trying to harvest the next generation of eyeballs to, like... So, like, they've got to get a show that the kids today are going to be, like... That was our Star Wars. When we were a kid, that was the exciting thing to watch on TV. So the interesting thing is uh, Ryan uh, Johnson's trilogy is supposed to deal, deal nothing with like the Skywalker clan. Yeah. Uh, or the like that whole dynasty. Does that take away from what Star Wars is? No. Because I, I think that you... If you really want to make the Star Wars universe just about the Force, then you've kind of robbed it of all the wonder. Because there's so much stuff that's just mysterious and weird. There are people who are living lives that are completely different. Yeah. And I think that... But what makes it special outside of the Force? I think your 80s... We don't know yet. I don't think it needs it. I think your 80s sensibilities are talking where, like, you grew up watching the original trilogy and then subsequently... everyone else. Well, sure, but that's to Brent's point. There's a bunch of, like, five-year-olds whose, like, now experiences are The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and... Which is all continuation of the Skywalker, uh, like, dinosaur. Totally, but I'm saying, like, I don't know how you could produce six more movies off of that very myopic storyline. I'm not saying you should. But does it make... yeah. Yeah, what, like, what would make sense to do something... 
in the Star Wars universe that is not centered around the Force. There were millions and millions and billions of books that were a spinoff of, of the actual They were Star all Wars. relatively Force-related. Not canonical. Non-canonical. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. just saying yeah, for like decades, it was, there were actual well, books. And just because it's not, just because it's the Force doesn't mean I it. crush cancer. That must also be your win yeah. from the outside. Yeah. Um, I just think, I think the Force can still be involved without the Skywalker thing. The biggest problem they've done, obviously, is created this idea of, like, there's only one tiny so, lineage of Jedi. So do you think we should just, that should be the end of the Force stuff? Because if we've got the nine movies coming Jedi. out, if we've got nine movies coming out, not counting this last this but, last one, it's going to be the same issue where yeah. it's just too much movies and no one's going to care about but it. We just proved, not point. But we just proved a boy, a broom, and a way of hope. But that's in this wardrobe. <laughs> right, in a wardrobe. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're obviously building a world where they'll probably be able to expand the Force again. Like, I think the tightest construct they ever gave themselves for the storylines post the original trilogy was that... There's only like two people that know how to use the force. So there it's were couple- still going to be an overload, and they were already upset by the the fact that we got Rogue One and Solo and every single one every single year. If we got six more movies that aren't related to this the, that whole family, it's going to just kill the franchise. But you're not it's getting too much. Yeah. It's exhausting. So there's a couple of theories that were put out there, uh, and this is not a spoiler because it's just a rumor at this <gasps> point. One that um, that Episode Nine, what would make it interesting is. You know, getting rid of the whole conflict between Ray and uh, Kylo, yeah, and they end up having to join forces for some kind of external threat uh, that's coming from outside of the galaxy. That comes yeah. from the same zone that Snoke w- had had come from, right? Yeah. So uh, that's that would be you one way. That would be <laughs> one too. way of of um, you know moving the story forward. And the other thing, going speaking of Snoke, another theory is that. Snoke never existed, and Kylo Snoke just was a manifestation of Kylo's like force, the way he uh, did the force. So it was almost like a force projection, right. like a Tyler Durden uh, almost, but that everybody could see. And Kylo is really that powerful, yeah. And he really is going to be the big bad in Episode Nine. Well, do you do you think that's based on the entire situation, or was that Ryan's idea? Ryan Which, Krull. Ryan. Yeah. Johnson. Johnson. Oh, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it was Ryan Johnson. Ryan Crowell are the manifestation of his mind. Oh, God. Let's oh, my God. Are, we, the, are we all the manifestation of Ryan Crowell? No. That makes a lot of sense. Or St. Elsewhere. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's But it's a theory that's been put out there, and I think it could be kind of interesting, and I think it would hopefully... Um, uh, satisfy some fans' uh, disappointment that Snoke didn't have a backstory before he was killed in episode yeah. eight. Uh, I don't know if that will satisfy them because I feel all. like it will feel like it's like just phoned in uh, as a story device uh, that it wasn't really set up in any way before. Well, because now there's like a combat, right? Because you've got Ryan Johnson wrote like <clears throat> was it J.J. Abrams did his, then Ryan Johnson cleared all that out and wrote his own stuff. Now J.J. Abrams is back. Yeah. That's going to be like, wait, fuck your stuff. I'll just write it away again. Yeah, like, but he it's, he's going to use a lot of the concepts that Ryan Johnson wanted to do in episode nine because he was supposed to originally write the script okay. for episode nine. He just yeah. isn't going to. He's taking a break from Star Wars until his trilogy. I just think that the whole in his mind thing, it's it's a cop-out. It's the same kind of thing where it's, you know, the whole, it's all, it's all a dream. So it just seems yeah. like a waste of time for people to have watched that. Yeah. It'll definitely make him a far less interesting character. And I feel like there won't be enough momentum in the trilogy if there there isn't something more interesting than that. I, I actually would disagree a little bit. I think um, it would kind of make sense because Kylo completely modeled himself after Darth, Darth Vader. Like, he wanted to follow right. Darth Vader's uh, journey and his path. 
And Vader, you know, was an apprentice to an omnipresent uh, uh, Sith Lord, like Palpatine. And so Kylo, looking for someone like that, couldn't find something like that because the Sith were wiped out, mm-hmm. ends up creating someone, you know, to sort of fill that void. Makes a really kind of interesting twist. But you're, that- you're saying thematically, and I don't think we disagree, that it's an interesting idea. It's just that the movies haven't done anything to set that up so far. Yeah. And so it would feel like it's just thrown in at the last minute because there's never been like a weird moment where you're supposed to go, huh, wait, Snoke said the exact same thing Kylo said before or whatever. That would make you think like you're not going to be able to like go back and watch the other ones and be like, oh, I see. But I don't think you can do that between seven and eight either. So I don't like you're not. I mean, the continuity through line isn't really going to exist for any of them. I don't think. I I, I don't know. And they're bad movies. It's not about it making sense. That's it. I want two more trilogies, and then I'm done with it. <laughs> Just three. Three more. Eighty-year-old Adam is like, I'm done with Star Wars. Eight TV shows, All right. and then I'm like, never. Well, you know that I want those those fish people. Oh, oh yeah. the nuns. Entire movie. The weird sex orgy that happens when the men come back. I would watch it. So our favorite feast. <laughs> our favorite comic writer, one of our favorite comic writers, Tom Taylor, <sighs> is doing a new book for DC called Deceased. Deceased. It Which is re- we will be reading. We yeah. will be reading. It's six issues. Six it's out of continuity, kind of like Injustice was. It's its own thing. Yes. Uh, and it's basically um, DC heroes versus zombies. Uh, and it sounds very simple, but it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Is it uh, versus zombies, or they, a lot t- of them become zombies? Techno-organic virus. Yeah, Darkseid brings a techno-organic virus to the world's <laughs> networks and spreads it to 600 million people through anything with a screen. And then they start carving their face out, which is actually a very terrible... If you looked at some of the stills, I think they were on IGN, they're actually pretty terrifying. And then they become rage monsters. I know. So zombies, got it. Yeah, but it's like, it, they're definitely playing up like 28 days later, like physical, crazy people, as opposed to the more like, the slow-moving zombies. Yeah. Um, I'm super into it. I love that. I mean, Injustice already proved that they're willing to take, especially if it's an alternate universe, really big risk, kill off main characters, make storylines a lot more interesting. It's only six issues, which I'm a little bit concerned about, but I'm hoping that it'll keep, like... So I actually like that it's going to be super contained and not going to have a bunch of, like, other spinoffs and everything. And it doesn't sound... The concept of it doesn't sound as outrageous as Marvel Zombies, which I never fully read, and I'm like, I like the concept, and I know it was, like, really popular, and then it seemed, like, really extreme when they were, like, traveling space and eating people. Well, that was, yeah, they, they spun everything up. Right. I mean, just... Why do you guys keep looking there around? There was like a like, weird... Because there's a sound. There's a sound. <laughs> and then it stopped the minute we all stopped talking. I, yeah. I don't know if the, there actually is a sound, but my neighbor across the hall yeah. puts his TV right up against the wall where the door is. So after Tristan and I come back from the gym, we can hear him blaring C-span. Oh, I heard that as I watched as it. As loud yeah. as he possibly That's it. we got to find a new recording studio. Yeah. yeah. Studio or apartment. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Get hey, in hey. That but Adam, you you wanted to pose a question to us. Yes. About deceased. Uh, I would love to know, what supernatural or cataclysmic event would you layer into your favorite fictional series? I've got one. Can you give an example? Yeah, like Eldridge Horror, H.P. Lovecraft, in Grey's Anatomy. How wild. It's been going on for 16 seasons. How do you know it's not already there? Well, and I like that idea because I actually, maybe I'll just make this mine because I thought this is what made me think of the concept, but it was like, over the course of the season, obviously it's all the trials and tribulations of love, hope, sacrifice that that shows. It, like, I actually really liked the show when I was in like college, but I don't like it now. One of your favorite, yeah, it's one of my favorite fictional shows. Yeah. 
But I would love that the, they're slowly but surely all of them start going crazy and then they like can't leave the hospital, but they still have to take care of the people that are coming in and then they magically become one with the hospital. I think that is actually a really interesting idea about a hospital that has to deal with like an outbreak mm. and like it's all like it's them like falling in love and there's like a McSteamy <laughs> and a McDreamy, but there's a zombie apocalypse going on outside. Something kind of cool about that. Yeah. But I actually have a real one. Go. Uh, Star hey, Trek. This was a real one. <laughs> that's that's not, based that? on his whole <laughs> setup, that's real. Yeah. Oh, but I, I meant I have my own. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yours is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Star Trek. Okay. Uh, it's, I would have it uh, centuries. Set in space. Set in space. <laughs> the final frontier. Yeah. Uh, set several centuries after the last version of Star Trek we saw. So, the, M- the, uh, the Federation is crumbling. Uh, due to uh, bad leadership and all that stuff, so there's all, there's like a multi uh, uh, front war happening between the Klingons, the Romulans, the the Cardassians, the Kardashians, Kardashians yeah. uh, and there's several people who are dying as a result of it. But some kind of uh, intergalactic force comes in that has the ability to raise the dead, and oh. so the all like the Federation, the Klingons, the Romulans, all the people who have died in war come back to life, and they start attacking all the living. This mm. sounds like the biggest fanboy story <laughs> where all of my favorite things from the past Star Trek come back yeah. and are on screen I'm Patton Oswalting this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, uh, what is it? Not Necrotia? It would just be like... But basically no, like it's, it's, it's a little bit uh, Blackest Night from... Like, yes, yeah, right, right, right. So, like, all these people who are enemies... And it's a little Game of Thrones, too, because yeah. it's like the... The you know the White Walkers coming in while like all the like kingdoms that. are like fighting each other. So just doing Game of Thrones and Star Trek basically. Uh, Clark, did you have one? My favorite, well, obviously, one of my favorite ones is Fox News. Fox News. So I really want the gay agenda <laughs> to really attack Fox News. So they're all forced to be transgender and get gay married. They can't be heterosexual anymore. Yeah. It's just a requirement, and they're all furious uh, that the gays are forced to do it. Fuck Tucker Carlson if he were gay. Exactly. Doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. No, 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 you do. It doesn't well, matter. The gay agenda is forcing it. Yeah. He has to fuck something. He doesn't. <laughs> this supernatural <laughs> event is like the <laughs> extremist gay agenda. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the gays have plotted to destroy the Pentagon, the White House. And then... I love the morning show's Fox and Friends with Benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a oh fake gosh. fictional property. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mine's not very good. Uh, but I yeah, thought yeah, it was terrible. I love. I know it's just like because I don't. I don't know because I think a lot of the TV shows I ha- I watch aren't ones that would work really well if something crazy came in. But I always like one big event kind of stories like uh, the leftovers. Yeah, uh, where I mean, one that is a cataclysmic event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Where there's one major event and then everything else is like dealing with that, not a constant like alien invasion or whatever. Yeah, but have something like Pompeii. In it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> the gang then has to like leave Philly, and it's about them surviving like this kind of near apocalyptic thing. Oh my and God. they want to be as close to as possible. Guy episode. My, my real, oh, really? my real thing was it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but it was Planet of the Apes coming. In. <laughs> and you know, because you know, That's you know, great. Frank is going to yeah. join up with the, yeah. with the Apes immediately. Yeah. No, early on in Family Guy, uh, before like when it, before it got canceled the first time. Uh, there was an episode where there was like a nuclear holocaust and the whole family had to deal with it and they never like actually resolved you know uh, like the world turning back to the way it was before before the war they traveled to the Twinkie factory they traveled to the Twinkie factory yeah that has my favorite sketch which is the Randy Goldman or Goldman yeah 
And then, and then it's the like it's the guy who does all the music. For oh, this. Randy Newman. Yeah, Randy yeah Newman. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> red-headed lady, <laughs> reaching for an apple. She takes a bite. So stupid. Alright, let's do a news flash. News flash. is gone. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow said her last Marvel movie that she will Goop make a cameo appearance and would be this one, but she would make a cameo appearance in some other one. Like I was like, she hasn't been a main character in any of the movies for a long time. But wouldn't we expect her in Infinity War so she's like not a cameo? In Infinity War? Yeah, she's going to be in Infinity no, War. No, Endgame. Like Endgame. In Endgame oh, yeah, she yeah, is. Because no, 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 we yeah, already yeah, know that yeah, she's yeah. recording. No, you know what I mean. No, we don't. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, listeners, you know what he means. I mean, I will, like, for her role was obviously more of a cameo in Infinity War, but, like, I think what she means is that she'd show up to be in, like, a corner of room to be like, hey, guys, and then she would disappear. Like, uh... I don't think she's going to be Rescue. Who's that? No, the rescue that's is... Her. That's her uh, armor. That's the name of her. Oh, yeah. Well, she's like, I'm 46, and I do hot vagina crystal yoga. I can't be doing... Rescue's not even a character anymore. They're, like, the next uh, Iron Man character will be Ironheart, I think. They'll bring in Riri somehow. Sure. Okay. Bye-bye, Gwyneth. What was the sentence? you never done hot crystal vagina yoga? Okay. You don't read enough goop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gooped? All right, so Aquaman is apparently one of the highest grossing movies ever. Why? Inflation adjusted? Uh, I, I guess. said it's China. Yeah, it's China, China. Because it's not one of the top. Face it, Jake. It's yeah, not it's one China. of the top ten movies in America. But it, I mean, this annoys me because obviously, like, as time goes on and as movie markets get bigger and bigger, every movie is going to have the potential to be the highest grossing movie ever. Ever. I yeah. feel like every other month there's a highest grossing yeah. movie of some sort in some capacity. Yeah. Like everyone wants to have an, which I'm fine with, but it's like every, it's like a. Everybody wins trophies, kind of thing. Like I just, it's just so surprising to me. It's like every other month, someone's like, "This is the highest grossing romantic comedy featuring a black male lead that's ever existed." And it's like, "That's great, those, I love that." But those are those uh, basketball statistics where, <laughs> in the middle of the game, they go, "This is the yeah. first time that someone's got seventeen three pointers." In the first quarter, uh, using only their non-dominant hand, and you're like, "Okay, this is. Do you have a machine that produces these random statistics?" Um, I honestly think if it is China, like 40x theaters are definitely inflating the, uh, oh, the, the box office sales ticket. because, like in America, it's thirty dollars a ticket yeah. to get into one of those yeah. versus like fifteen or even eighteen. Do they for, do adjustment for that? Now that I think about it, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, because you do adjustment for inflation, but you never do it for the actual. But they price don't. The when ticket. most of the time, whenever you see highest grossing, they never do an inflation adjustment, and they never include all the times that movies are re-released. Wikipedia mm. does that. There's a version that's all inflated because Gone with the Wind yeah. is, the, is it's the still number, number one. one. Still number one. Yeah. But that one's one where it's like been released like 14 times. Well, wait till you see Gone with the Wind 40X. You can really feel the slavery. <laughs> the to get blown yeah, out the three way. hours of like. Uh, Punisher and Jessica really? Jones have finally gotten the axe. R.I.P. Yeah. Jessica's yeah. still getting her third season, though. I love her. that they canceled like a week before it's supposed to come out. Yeah. <laughs> so Is it really coming out? I haven't even heard about it. I forgot it. the date. It's God, in, there it's hasn't been like Google a trailer drive. or anything. I mean, not surprising. Um, if. These shows do continue. They'll likely continue on Hulu. I know that's a big old question mark. Yeah, but and then there's still like the clause of that they can't for use two it, I think, years, right? Yeah, so it'll be a while. Yeah. But now Netflix has all of its own fucking like comic shit now because yeah. we've got Polar the movie, which was I liked Polar more than you. God, it was exhausting. About, but it was still not great. And then Umbrella Academy, which we'll talk about two. on a separate podcast. 
Uh, Leah Thompson is going to be on the Howard the Duck cartoon. I'm very excited. I haven't been up to since Carolyn. There was there was a like four issue comic uh, of uh, Howard the Duck where she was a actual her. She was in the comic. That's funny. They wrote her in like the actual character that was actually Leah Thompson. It was fucking stupidly great. I have no idea. I'm so excited. She was Carolyn in the city. She was also in as uh, in from Sex in the City. No, no, no. no. It was was a sitcom. It was a prequel. It starred. Stop it. Uh, no, she was in the original Howard the Duck movie in 1985. Uh-huh. She was kind of an 80s and sort of 90s, like, kind of a leading lady. Yeah. She was in a bunch of shit. Um, I like her a lot. Yeah. She, she seems, seems like really someone cool. I'd hang out with. Yeah, for sure. She was in um, Single White Female. With you? Single White Female, right? That was her and... Uh, uh, I think you're right. Jennifer Jason Leigh? Yeah, I think you're right. Jennifer Jason that's Jennifer Lee, Jason Lee. I'm getting mixed up. Uh, uh, more news. Um, going to DC Comics first. Uh, back to DC Comics. Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are going to get their own comics. Cool. I, here's the reason why I'm excited. We did it. Uh, <laughs> wow. The, Representation matters. The writers for both are really good. Lois Lane is Greg Rucka, uh, who did... Uh, I keep forgetting the comic that we read for Image about the woman who's the assassin for the families. Oh, uh... Single female no, Lazarus. I was like, Lazarus. Lazarus. Uh, and then uh, Greg Rucka's written a lot of great stuff, and he writes really great female characters. He has two runs on Wonder Woman that are both really, really good. And then Matt Fraction is writing uh, Jimmy Olsen. Matt Fraction wrote uh, um, Sex that Crimes. very good. Sex Criminals, excuse oh. me. And the amazing Hawkeye series. Yes, he did. Uh, so, I like that... These are going to be like real people set within, yeah, uh, or like you know, bystanders without powers set within like a superhero universe. I always like those stories, like Astro City that Kurt Busiek did. I think does a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's a neat idea, and I'm really kind of excited to read both series. I like those kinds of stories, but I don't care about these two characters. Lois Lane's a great. I like character. new characters who have to live in that kind of world. <laughs> With so new character named Brent Bingate. No, or or. I tried to flip around Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Omi Jolson. Omi Jolson. And what about Lois Lane? Yeah, that's why I didn't do that one. Uh, uh, let's move on. Yeah. Newsflash. So, Newsflash. Neil Gaiman is reviving Jim Henson's Storyteller. What is that? Mark, tell me about it. What was it? It was an 80s series. What was that thing? No, it was an 80s series that <laughs> there was that. like a storyteller and his weird dog that like he told all these different fairy tales. And told these really messed up stories from, from like Russia and everything like that. The best one, which we saw before Labyrinth, um, I don't remember who it was, Denny and Nikki and I, before the re-release of Labyrinth for literally one day, which was one where this guy had to put the like death in a sack and was beating the shit out of it and beating the shit out of all these demons that were in a sack, and it was fucking stupidly great. So I'm really <laughs> excited for this. And it's Neil Gaiman writing it, so it's going to be fucking crazy. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of Neil Gaiman, there's a date for Good Omens on Amazon, March yes. thir- uh, May 31st, excuse I'll me. I'll watch it. All right. Yeah, Is we're all going to watch it. coming out at once or one? Yeah, or and it's six it's episodes. Six. Okay. And then like it's one and done, so it's a six-episode miniseries. Uh, Warm Realms, we're going to be reading that uh, uh, big saga Marvel's going to release soon, but there's going to be two uh, comics that could be kind of interesting. One is about, about the giant men, so it's like... Most gi- of the giant men, except for the first giant man. Not Hank Pym, right? Yeah. So it'll be like Scott Lang, Bill Everett... Um, Raz Maltra. That's the new giant man. Goliath, Ant Man, and Atlas. And Atlas, I'm excited for Atlas. Scott Lang, Ant Man, because you know they have the movie. Basically, every single thing ever is is having a spinoff into it. Yeah, 
And then the other one uh, is Adult Cyclops is going to get reunited with the Champions, which is the teen team in Marvel. And Young Cyclops, before he got sent back to the past, uh, was uh, a founding member of this team. So it'll be really interesting yeah. to see how they interact with, with So wait, wait, the giant men, they're like... Like, are they on a team, or is it just, like... It's going to be an inadvertent It's, it's going to be an inadvertent team kind of thing. Because uh, it seems like a dick move to just put them together based off their powers, like, oh, yeah, because we're giant. Well, they're all giant interconnected, man, right? And, um, yeah. the newest one, he yeah. was the one who dubbed him Giant Man. I don't know how Atlas is going to break. Who is that? I'm saying to be put on a team. Like, if and you were just put on a team with a bunch Goliath, of Because the other one's dead. That one had that guy. Atlas is a member of the Thunderbolts. He used to be a villain. Now he's like kind of a good guy. And yeah, I fucking okay. love him. And yeah. Goliath, the dead Goliath, is the one from the original Civil War. We right? need a team where, where all of us can change Civil sizes War. our power. And he's in. Uh, the I think new it's so Man. dumb. It could be kind of fun. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for it. There's like a million spin-offs of it. There's like a war of. Oh, we, did we even talk about the new Agents of Atlas, which is oh, an all Asian team? That's Tell right. us about that, Clark. Uh, it's written by Greg Pak, who is well. He had we had to suffer through Weapon X, written by him. But like three of them are characters from Marvel Future Fight, which is a like a you know yeah, a yeah, game, yeah. a game that I play. And I I don't no, need to brag. <laughs> I know I play that fucking shit. It's gonna. I don't know. I don't care about these random people shoved in there. Is it just a way for get them to get them more exposure yeah. outside the game? That too, probably. But it's you said it was an Asian themed Shang Chi. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Jessica Drew, who is not Asian. no, 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 not Jessica Drew. Silk is in it, right? Yes. Yeah. Newsflash. So newsflash. Uh, Cullen Bunn, uh, who was the writer of X Men Blue, which wasn't very good, revealed what was left on the cutting room floor, and what he wanted to do with the uh, the original team of five is turn them into kind of like the like sliders. Like going from different timelines, fixing. Oh, that sounds so much better. Nah. No, it does not. But the funny thing is, what it was. Yeah, I, to throw them in to the be, trash. That's be, what it was. Yeah. To be a, to be the new exiles, I actually thought that's what they should have done when they released uh, X Men Prime two years ago. Oh I think God, that's, I think that's. He wanted to have the growth of Jimmy Hudson as a full-blown anti-hero in his new Poison persona. (laughs) Okay, that's some good... It's all fucking shit. (laughs) I'm glad that was canceled. And then uh, there's going to be a sequel to the Wolverine podcast, which we still haven't listened to the first one. But they're making a comic out of it, so we'll read that in the comics. No, we won't. Well, then we'll never read it. But this one is going to have the Thieves Guild and Gambit. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Thieves Guild, uh, Black Cat comics coming out, too. Yeah, Black Cat's coming out, and that's all I need to say, but she's fighting... uh, <laughs> the Thieves Guild. Yeah, the Thieves Guild. Great. So, why don't we move on to TV? We have three episodes of three different shows Doom Patrol Episode 1, Deadly Class Episode 6, and Gifted, whatever the latest episode is. 15. Thank you. Okay. Why don't we talk about Doom Patrol? Yeah, definitely. Let's spend our time on that. <laughs> what did you guys think? It's okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it's been a long time with backstory. I actually didn't It was mind. like 35 minutes of backstory, and they're like, oh, here's 15 minutes of actual stuff that's I was okay that they got it out of the way. I'm getting annoyed by a lot of these TV shows now where they do all the origin stories during the course of the season. I'd rather they get yeah. all the... I'm glad that in the pilot episode, especially, which is always the weakest episode of an entire se- series, is that they got all the background out of the way, at least for the first four characters. And now all we can... And I, I actually... I literally had to go back and rewatch it because I was like... So confused when they when he said like 
because you like did something now like something's coming back and has consequences and then i was like wait why are they saving the town from who like what yeah and like i mean i knew what was gonna <laughs> happen like farting donkey but i literally Adam had, God. I literally so had to like sense. go back in like 15 minutes to be like how did this even turn into this end of the episode that's the only thing it was very disjointed and like here's this introduction now all of a sudden here's this big risk that you need to feel by the end of the episode so as much as i am kind of over origin stories to your point I really did like this one. Um, I think it was a strong pilot episode, and usually pilots are yeah. the worst, uh, for, especially for superhero shows. I think getting Alan Tudyk uh, to play the villain, Mr. Nobody. And voice over the and entire voice over, Do the voiceover was really, so really smart. Critics are probably going to hate I lo- I loved his fourth uh, wall breaking stuff. I, I don't know. It. I liked it. I thought I it made fourth sense. Wall so Elastigirl falls into... Um, Goo. <laughs> and just like <laughs> swallows and the spirit. And then her face just like yeah, melts <laughs> well, up. I think well, a ghost went inside her or something. One, it feels very much like the comics, the original run from the 60s, Grant Morrison's run. In fact, the first scene you see is of Morden becoming Mr. Nobody. Mm-hmm. That is taken from, mm-hmm. like, a Grant Morrison comic mm-hmm. completely, and I really hope they delve more into that. But also, like, all the characters very much feel like they came from the comic, and the actors are very strong. Yeah. I think Rita Farr is just lovely to, like, look at, and even when she starts kind of melting away and starts freaking out a little bit, like, you feel really bad for her. Yeah. Cliff Steele is a total asshole. They've, like, actually leaned into that a lot. Yeah. Uh, into this. And and I kind of... I think Brendan Fraser does a pretty good job. I really liked his story, and I also liked his, like, sort of... Rev- yeah, I like that they established him as kind of an asshole in, like, the lead-up. <coughs> and then I also just like the reveal of that, the fact that, like, his, you know, he, they fucking drove into a truck. And yeah. that's, that's, not like from, that. that's not from the comics. Oh, really? Uh, as far as I know, like, they really kind of kept the fact that he was just... A race car driver, and Who he got was killed. An accident. Yeah, that was but, a cool surprise. Did his wife like, oh, and daughter's is... heads get chopped off? Just his wife. His oh, daughter's still good. alive. Yeah. Um, uh, I th- I don't like the the narration and the fourth wall breaking, like, and also that they're trying to they they really seem like they're trying to make it seem like it's really weird, but I feel like we've kind of experienced a lot more of the kind of oddball, like Legion. family group dynamic type. Uh, superhero stories where they're a little bit more dysfunctional, so it's not as weird to me. Like a farting goat. I like goat donkeys isn't, better than isn't... cows, though. <laughs> well, I was. Well, I have a feeling that the voiceover stuff isn't going to stay the entire season. I think that was really. Speci- I thought that was more specifically for a pilot attempt of like giving you because like. Alan Tidiak would only have been in the episode for like all of five minutes and it would have been very weird to not have that voiceover to randomly introduce that character. It would have completely fallen flat. Whereas I think now you obviously built up knowing that this was going to be a person that was going to show up. And- I think I disagree on the bizarre stuff. I think it leans the bizarre very nicely, like just making it part of like the sort of overall aesthetic because these are just this kind of crazy dysfunctional family. They all have their own idiosyncrasies. You've got negative man, Larry Trainer. You know, watering his plants in a fucking school bus. You've got Cliff Steele, like, setting up his racetrack in his room. Like, it just felt very, like, lived in. It felt like a very confident pilot to me. Well, and what I like is that it's actually a older family dysfunction. What I've gotten a little bit <coughs> tired of, especially watching Umbrella Academy and um, the gift. uh, Gifted and also Deadly Class on top of this, is that everyone's emotions are so childish and young that no matter whether they're, like... 15 to like 35 they all act like petulant children fighting amongst each other and i really like this attitude that it is a real dysfunctional family to me where they're not like 
constantly arguing and running around and closing their doors and stuff. And they're just a weird group of people that have slight dysfunctions, but they still are pretty much good resting state. Like even the whole like interaction between uh, Cliff and Jane, the first introduction, I thought that was like really well executed. Um, so I just, I don't know, like I, I just tire of these like funny young family dynamics that I'm like, this is just exhausting yeah. to watch. I know um, your family's kind of like that, though, so... Yeah. He's they talking to Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like, they're not dysfunctional enough. My one, family's more dysfunctional. One thing I'll say about Doom Patrol, too, before we move on, is Larry Trainer. Uh, they made him gay, and that was not in the comics. Who's that? Yeah, he's Negative Man. It's Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer. Oh. That's what I thought. Yeah, I would have assumed. Um, Just so, because the actor's gay? That's stupid. No, but Ooh. I'm glad they did it. No, I'm not glad they did it. That's oh. pandering to every single thing you just expect that yeah. to happen. Yeah, well, there's, when there's a gay, sessions. When there's a gay episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Deadly Class Episode 6. Adam, tell us why you didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it. I just, you guys talked about it on our Slack channel pretty positively. I so didn't. I was like, you said you gave you the vapors. Was that well, a Well, then there's thing? a reason why. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I was like excited to really watch this episode. And then I found it like... It just felt very tropish, which I didn't like. Like, there was the whole, like, oh, you're probably gay because you're a tough jock-like thing. He like, did have half an erection. Which yeah. is fine, but I was like, that fe- Like, it just, it felt too very high school movie to me. I think everything was still great overall. I liked the episode, but it just, it felt the most like a standard high school drama, this, this it episode. It felt like time. a really nice, quiet episode after, like, the last couple you mean crazy the, ones. With, with, with Maria being crazy bipolar and kind of shit. Let's dance! Let's dance! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't think being bipolar necessarily does that. To that was you. a lot of bipolar yeah. disorder. And also, I get that it's like I'm, it's the '80s, and it's it's like bending on that a little bit. But like the whole thing about the two, uh, the two like rat rat guys talking. I don't know their fucking names are. The main character, then the blonde yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, and they were just like, "Oh, you gotta like." talk to this girl and then have sex with her. I was like, this whole thing just sounds like a trashy 80, which is fine. But I'm like, there's no, there's no, uh, to your, like, you mentioned, like, the last time with the Breakfast Club episode, like, it turned it on its head. Yeah. And it kind of just, I guess there was no turn to any of the things in this episode. I will say, there were, like, discrete pieces I really liked from the episode, and it felt very much like, you know, we just had a lot of heavy shit going yeah. on the last couple, and so this is going to be, like, a little bit of a bridging episode. Right. Uh, especially with the reveal at the end of with uh, the guy who torments Marcus back at the orphanage, right. um, like the fuck stuff. Face is that his name? <laughs> right. Sure. Well, that's right. I think I think in the comics, fuck face murderer. Murder. Right. Murder. He's just going around shooting people, like that was people that didn't even know. What was that stupid what? lady doing on the bike? Yeah, she, and she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene, like, in the comic book store, I think was really very endearing. Oh, I love that scene, yeah. Uh, where, like, you know, she comes in for the newest Watchmen. Mm-hmm. That and was super well done. That wore my heart, yeah. Uh, I loved the uh, backstory for Maria that was animated. I think that is, like, also tremendous. harrowing and really well done. And I liked the uh, Benedict Wong's sister, like, the character's sister being in it. But I, she doesn't exist. In, in the, the comics. comics. No. no, she doesn't. But, like, she was... Great and very fucking menacing. So right, there were the that your the, the three big the three pieces you mentioned. Fucking absolutely loved it. Yeah. I think I think I might have just had higher expectations because I what did what fucking gave you the vapors? Marcus and his pubic hair. <laughs> when, when, <laughs> that when happened. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. She pulls away the towel. It was just the right like, amount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I just good storylines give you me the vapors. That? No, well, that does too. But this was an extra. <laughs> I like his smirk, so that was the bonus. Uh, well, I can't believe that I was kind of down the show at the very beginning because I absolutely love it now i just do 
It is. Uh, I know that we're going to cover Umbrella Academy at a different time. I actually feel like the shows are kind of flipped for me, where I would expect to see Deadly Class on Netflix because it's a little bit more inventive and really unique. I'm really glad it's not. And I would have assumed that Umbrella Academy would have been more on sci-fi because it's a little bit more what I would expect from sci-fi. So, no, sci-fi is fucking killing, killing, it. killing yeah. it. And Netflix has a problem we've talked about before of having not enough story over 10 episodes. Well, and I think a bigger problem that I'm discovering as I'm watching all these shows together is that without Netflix having commercial breaks, they have there's no way to create... It's the same thing I've always said with even like when you compare the CW shows versus Netflix shows. There's no up mark every yeah. like mm-hmm. eight minutes where you're like, ooh, I gotta... I want to see what's going to happen next. So there's no like... There's reveals, but like even in Deadly Class, it still meets the mark of like, Whoop! like, you know, something's going to happen and you have to wait... Two minutes to then see what happened after the fact. Right. I'm really into Brandy. I mean, she isn't a fucking Nazi oh. monster, oh. but she oh. is an interesting character fucking character. Yeah. Give me an A. She's that was so, so fucking weird. They did a great job with her character She's and giving her a little bit you of a story. About her at all. What do you think? Well, you guys hit all the high points. So okay. You haven't seen on that. What? Yeah, I have. Okay. I I like that the teacher stood up to uh, the headmaster. Headmaster. Yeah. yeah. There's one thing. I also watched The Magicians yesterday because they're on back to back, and I fangirled the fuck out of one moment. It was it's gay. So one like the lead character we find out is bi and wanted to date the gay, who's in the main the main gay in the series. <laughs> the the oh, no, it's so good. Of gay like we gay. didn't think it was actually going to be a thing. It was so fucking good. Like it's one of those things where like fan service inadvertently really happens. Oh. oh. Yeah, but was like he gay in the book? Because usually we're like, yeah, they're care. just kind of like imagining them being a couple or something and want them so desperately. And inadvertently, like, maybe this is in-game that we didn't even think was actually going to happen. Mm. Something actually interesting happened on Gifted. Uh, Give it some to interesting us. character choices were made, but we're not going to talk about them. Let's move on to comics. What? Why? Why don't we talk about Gifted? We hate it. No, generally it's the worst. I want everyone to say, so you watched it. What do you, you think is going to happen in the I last episode? There's one episode left ever. Yeah, like what do you think is going to happen? In the very last I episode. I don't care. Really? You yeah. know, I, I actually I watched... tried so hard to like <laughs> give this show some slack. And it is just shit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's awful. Episode. I, mean, uh, like, I need what? to deliberately declare that the I best thing ever. Declare. I deliberately declare that because we we want to say more good things about the gifted even though it's not that good of a show no we the, don't i think that you the do. family transformation this season has been fantastic amy acker is a fucking goddamn vigilante now she's driving through cop cars she's shooting people is What's she the punisher now yeah, yeah basically she, she's like been training and she has been like training with guns and like physical hand-to-hand combat probably but they don't really actually show it. She has been a lot of hand to hand, but she's constantly shooting people with like point like. Well, that's what I wanted of an X Men show. And then fucking bot. What is it? Was a well. Everyone's like, you can't go in there. You don't have any powers. And she's like, you think I don't know how many powers? I got a gun. <laughs> and then what's the name? That's kind of cool. And then Bob the Vampire. Was it Bob from Bill? Bill. Bill, Bill the Vampire is finally setting people on fire, which was great. He said like what essentially was a neo Nazi. What's fire. the name of that guy who's now with the Purifiers? Who's oh Jace. He's the worst. Well, they, he's the always problem, been the worst. The problem is they don't know how to write his no. character. Is because they want it should have been they should have just made him evil, but they want to keep trying to give him some. Cre- he's like they basically blew up the Morlock tunnels, and yeah. he's like, "How come you didn't tell me it was? I thought it was a vigil. It was terrorist. It was just kids up there." And they're and like, the "Go next, fuck yourself." The next like, issue, you he's this? like, "No, I like this. This is good. Let's support these <laughs> right. terrorists." And so you're like, "What?" None of that makes sense. On paper, all this stuff actually sounds pretty interesting because I think how someone can go from being like 
a public service oh, yeah. defender to being like a fringe fanatic is an interesting transformation. But this show does not do that. Yeah, yeah. I never like thought the Coast Guard um, guy right, that we found yeah. like in, in Silver Spring, Maryland. I never thought I wouldn't everybody. care about Polaris, but I just don't give a shit about any of these people. I don't care. I don't give wow. a shit. Let's talk about some comic books. Yeah. So we've got uh, two uh, from the X Men universe. One that kind of crosses over a little bit to a third one. But we've got Uncanny number twelve. Which picks up the threads from New Mutants yeah. uh, miniseries as well as Astonishing yeah, X Men. Like yeah. yeah, it was really cool. So, what were the threads? Uh, it was the New Mutants as the like what a techno. Yeah, techno- I, I know. I'm telling the Warlock. Well, like you could also say it, Adam. The Warlock. Warlock. He makes a good point. Why don't you tell us? I didn't read it. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I read it. Warlock's back, bitch. Strong <laughs> guy's dead, bitches. What else? Oh, yeah. what else Which happened? I'm fine with because he he was a hell lord, so it's not like he can't come back. And they yeah, yeah and they also but like they also wrote his character in like somewhat of a corner because it's like obviously everyone still kind of hates it. It's like he's weirdly treated. And yeah. It's just he's just not. A, it's not the right time for him to come back. Yeah, where people still hated him. And Magic, who actually only dealt with him for like five issues ever, was like, oh, he's my teammate. I'm so sad. And you're like, should. It Anybody else would have been a better choice. <laughs> but my favorite part of the book is just the interaction between Logan and Scott. I oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. Love it. Super Scott uh, is the best. I basically, the entire episode is just one big mutant jailbreak. Yeah. And there are surprise warlock-infused new mutants in the Sentinel robots. And then one of them gets killed. Which one was um, it? We just uh, said that Guido? seven times. Guido? Guido? Guido. Guido. Actually, that's good. Yeah. You got it. Um, I, I didn't do, care for him. It's funny because I end up. I know he's he's just, also said it and talked over each other about it. Are different things. <laughs> what I uh, uh, first time podcast. to the point about uh, Scott and Wolverine. I actually end up liking them both because Scott's more hardened, and then that makes Logan by nature less hardened. Yeah. So like them interacting is actually just like two fun mercenary. Well, types. it's just like they've they have a history. Yeah. And, you know, like they've been allies. They've been friends. They've been enemies. And now they're like trying to like you know work together to like bring the X Men back. I think it's great. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna no. I was gonna talk about another X Men comic that we didn't read that is crazy. Um, the uh, Wolverine and the Infinity whatever. Oh, is that yeah. starting? Now? Yes. Uh, it was just just today. You remember the those Legacy? Remember X Men whatever yeah. Legacy that we read the Jean, Jean Grey one? Yeah. So the Wolverine one, we found out he wasn't he wasn't dead. But it turns out he was the Phoenix one from this Thor run. Oh. That goes back in time, has the, has the, the space, uh, space stone, stone and he's Black the one Widow. who gives it to Black Widow. And yes. it's just fucking crazy how then that weird, esoteric little piece of nothing comic is actually helping create everything that's happened for the last two the years. The cosmic shit in Marvel has been a lot of fun. Like, I've been, I've been catching up on a lot of it. Like, some of it's not great, some of it is great, but it's all very interesting. In fact, Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Guardians might be my favorite book right now. I it's really like, well read. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Love the art and the story. I my favorite part was the interaction between Peter Quill and Kitty. I think that was mm. such a good conversation. Yeah. Especially when he go, you know, he says something about like I can't deal with her like just coming back from the dead, and she's like never join the X Men. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's such a great character moment. It's so good. I was uh, I loved uh, I liked a lot of the ghost uh, cosmic Ghost Rider and uh, conversation with fuck not group but Beta Ray Bill yeah like, uh, that whole like I love Beta Ray. that whole interaction and then when they laughed and he was like he was just like oh, you're a, whatever. he's like basically insulted him and I thought it was fucking hilarious and like, I love the said. dirty dozen like Guardians that like Star Fox is putting yes, together to kill yeah, Gamora like, 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 they have two adversary teams one is kind of good yeah. they still want to kill Gamora but yeah. then the other one is you know they, actually straight up bad yeah Black and br- Order and they bring Wraith back. 
too. Yeah, yeah, yeah random, 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 random character. What's Nova got to do with any of this, by the way? He's just, it's out in space. He's a very important space character. So okay. That's what. Yeah. So it's like the Nova Corps. And he used to dig more. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. When did that happen? <clears throat> when they dated? Yeah. Was that during Annihilation? Yeah, annihilation. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's right. Annihilation. That's yeah. funny, because, yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Uh, so Nightcrawler number one came out as part of Age of X-Men. It's been my least favorite of the minis so far, but it's I think it's a nice addition to the world. It's yeah. a good slice of life of what's actually happening in like a that isn't like an action based universe. Is it weird that every single comic they're reading for this universe is like, and then they fall in love? Someone <laughs> fell in love, and you're like, love's supposed to exist, but you're like, every single comic is like, well, there's love. But All it's right, not just love. romantic love because they talk about the two the cuckoos, Sisters, like yeah. you know, that spending a lot really of time. Great. To, that was a really nice touch. That like. Uh, X-Man, Nakery doesn't even want like familial connections to happen right. in this world. I enjoyed that. I'm, I am sick of stories that have an actor beginning with cut, something yeah. crazy's going on, yeah. and then cut and, and see. Like, yeah. guys, waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, so, yeah, you knew that was going to happen. That was so irritating. Stop. Using I agree. That. But we did get to see uh, all of like Kurt's like posters in his like uh, dressing room, like yeah. him and Titanic, and him and like you know some other film. I don't know what his fake Double uh, O Seven is. I guess it's. Oh, 004. 004. Oh, because it's in the mirror, but it looks like it just says poo. <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. <laughs> so we read two more books. Uh, we read Venom number 11 and Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 3. Uh, Spider-Man number 3. Spider-Man is just a lot of fun. I think it's a really good book. It's a lot of fun. I just... Okay. You want it to go somewhere. I, okay. Underground New Under, York. Under, Under York. York. That's York's, a new concept, right? They haven't yeah, done that before. I think so. I, I kind of dig it. I enjoy it, but at the same time, I don't, okay, I don't care about this. It just seems like a lot of interesting world building that will never really be used or go anywhere. <laughs> never used again. The yes. writing's fun. It's like a well-paced book. I'm yeah. just like, but what? what is the point? Like, where are we going? It's, I like the character of Spider-Man. It's a book I finally want to read. Uh, I haven't wanted to read Spider-Man in a long time because I haven't cared about it, but this is fun. And I Venom's like a slice of life but it's they're going to an entire they're, underground world. That's yeah. not slice of life. Yeah, <laughs> it is in Marvel. That, that's bigger than the stuff that's actually happening in the real in the other. I did like uh, Johnny Storm and Boomerang's oh, interaction. Yeah, Johnny Storm's great. So there's a underground New York. Is there a smaller Earth under right. that has like it's like is there an under Atlanta? Is like an under Tokyo, or is just New York the only getting one under. of its own city and? Do they call themselves under York, or do they have like their and that's own upper name? York? Yeah. Well, there's under Brooklyn, under Bronx, yeah. and nobody talks to under Staten Island. Yeah. Well, and then where does this fit in in terms of geography related to the mole people? Are they even deeper? I would assume. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Because mole they're people are the, under New York. They're, they're like the bottom of the cast. <laughs> I mean, what's like, under New York? They're under York. What's under York? Mole people. <laughs> It brings up a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely like, don't think too hard on this series. Yeah. I, I, I wish it was like a, a like a dimensional elevator yeah. more than or an like a mirror, like a mirror, yeah, something. And then our last comic was Venom number eleven. I'm still really digging this. Venom, it's but a very, very well written series. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the revelation is the kid is actually not Eddie's brother, but his son. And, and his, also, the, his grandfather's just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> and the symbiote's been lying to him this whole time about he cancer and cancer sisters. Or sisters. Yeah, which we thought was weird before. Can someone explain to me why the maker's helmet is that way? Is it because his brain is really big? Yeah, I think he shaped his head to be that way. In okay. The helmet. Yeah, I like how nuts he is. I'm like <laughs> terrified to see him with the maker. That. Is probably my favorite thing from the Ultimate Universe ever. Like really evil, cool character. An evil Reed Richards makes sense, right? It, it, it's very second. Speak of. 
the Ultimate Universe. Who is the writer that wants to reboot it? Donny Cates, oh. the guy who did Venom. And he's doing uh, Baby Gun. Teeth. And Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't want it to happen. I don't care. I don't want it. it, it no. Okay. Let's stop him. Hey, guess what? It won't. We'll yeah. make sure of it. Oh, yeah. You heard it here first, Donny Cates. So you next... have the power to stop them. Oh, I don't you think I know that? <laughs> <laughs> so next week on Homo Superior, we're going to talk about Age of X-Men Extremist number one, X-Force number three. We've got uh, the second episode of Doom Patrol, the seventh episode of Deadly Class, the possible final episode of The Gifted. Yay! Hopefully. And then we're going to do a special episode on The Umbrella Academy because the whole season, season one dropped. We've been Homo Superior, Homo Superior, disassembled. disassembled.